Hi, I'm Jeffrey. Welcome back to Nightfalls. Come settle in for tonight's soothing bedtime story. As always, don't worry if you fall asleep before the end. You can drift off whenever you're ready. Come settle in beside the fire as I transport you to the Snoqualmie National Park where another campfire burns and families and friends are beginning to fill the air with hushed stories and memories shared over the crackle of logs and sticky s'mores. I have been having such a wonderful lazy summer. I haven't been anywhere nor felt the need to go anywhere. It seems there's so much right here on my doorstep to explore and enjoy. Sometimes it's hard to see the woods for the trees. <laughs> Whatever you're up to, I hope you're sleeping better and that we can help you to relax and unwind a little. Before we begin, here's a quick word from our valued sponsors who make this free content possible. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. For the best way to fall asleep with Nightfalls, you can now become a premium supporter. Enjoy the entire back catalogue of Nightfalls classics, all with a rich, immersive, and totally ad-free experience. If you love falling asleep to Nightfalls, Nightfalls Premium will elevate your sleep while helping to support myself and the team. We love creating Nightfalls. But without supporters, it wouldn't be possible. Join Nightfalls Premium today in just two taps on both Apple Podcasts or via the Supercast link found in the show notes for all other podcast players. Your sleep will thank you for it. And so will I. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 
with the river on their side and the stretch of woodland ahead of them, the Lindford and Geller families felt invigorated. The two families had been saying they should head out on a camping trip together for a long time, but their busy schedules just hadn't aligned. Until now. Vincent Linford had managed to take the weekend off from the busy restaurant he worked at, and his wife, Layla, managed to finish her work meetings early so that they could set off for a weekend of being at one with nature. Their children, Bonnie and Sonny, were delighted to head off for a little vacation after school, and it was going to be even better since they were sharing the experience with their neighbours, the Gellers. Harlan and Zika Geller and their daughter Libby followed behind the Lindfords in their car. Their little red Corsa was packed full of rucksacks and tents to put together once they reached a perfect point on the mountain and they had prepared flasks of hot chocolate to enjoy on the high cup. The two families parked their cars at the base of the Mount Baker Snoqualmie National Forest, loaded up their backs with their bags of resources and started the hike. The three children chatted and skipped excitedly, happy to have the opportunity to hang out for a whole weekend while the parents walked at a steady pace, talking and enjoying the scenery. Vincent Lindford had always liked to think of himself as a plucky explorer, thanks to his time in the Boy Scouts as a child. He had learned how to read maps and navigate through the wilderness, use a compass correctly, and build a fire using just a pair of sticks. The thing he was most looking forward to on this camping trip was sharing his skills with his children. He hoped that it would ignite a fire within them to join the scouts too. Those were some of Vincent's fondest childhood memories. Vincent powered ahead of the group to stake out their route. The farther away he got from everyone else, the more the voices of his family and friends filtered out and the clearer the sounds of the wilderness around them became. He honed in and listened. He could hear his boots crunching on the woodland floor and the rushing of the river by their side. He felt a branch of leaves brush against his leg and a gentle breeze blow against his cheeks. The smell of the warm rain lingered within the absorbent tree trunks and pushed the scents of the plants up into the air their pollen floating on the breeze. There was something very special about being alone in the wilderness. 
Vincent felt that when he was out in nature, he was connecting to humanity's primal roots and desires to be free and live off the land. He took a deep breath, inhaling the aromas of the wood and sighed. He didn't get as many chances to do things like this as he would like, what with his work schedule being so busy and all, but he wanted to make trips like this more of a priority. After some time following the trail, the trickling river disappeared out of sight and, eventually, out of earshot. The two families followed the path up into the forest. The plan was to reach a point where the ground became even and they had a perfect view of the stars above and the landscape ahead. Then they would all set up camp for the night before hiking further along the trail in the morning. Vincent and Harlan were plowing ahead of the group, discussing their summer holiday plans for the year, when their three children suddenly appeared by their sides, breathless from running with their backpacks on. Daddy. Nine-year-old Libby piped up, grabbing Harlan's attention. Are there bears in this forest? Harlan looked at Vincent expectantly. Vincent paused before replying, We won't see any bears out here, but there are lots of other amazing animals you will likely see. Like what? His daughter, Bonnie, asked eagerly. Vincent smiled and told the children to close their eyes and listen. They did as they were told and focused on the forest sounds around them. They could hear their mother's footsteps approaching nearby and hear their own breath flowing in and out of their bodies. But when they concentrated harder, their ears pricked the high-pitched chirping sounds of birds. What do you hear? Vincent asked the silent children. I hear you speaking, Bonnie replied cheekily. The children descended into giggles. Vincent smirked at her quick-witted response and asked what else they could hear. Sonny pointed out the sound of the birds in the trees, and Vincent smiled. Exactly, Vincent agreed. There are almost a hundred incredible types of birds living in this forest. If you keep an eye out, you might be lucky enough to spot some of them. He told them that the sound they could hear was likely made by a Nashville warbler. There were many songbirds living in the forest, along with hawks, woodpeckers, and the long-eared owl, to name a few. Then, Vincent had an idea. He pulled a little book out of the back pocket of his bag and passed it to Bonnie. It was his bird-spotting book, 
full of images and information about the bird populations in North America. He suggested they search for all of these birds during their camping trip and set them the target of spotting as many different species as possible. It was a splendid idea for keeping the children occupied on their hike. The three kids excitedly took the book and began scanning the trees for birds. Eventually, the families reached a clearing, perfect to set up camp in. They had made it there just in time. The sun was already setting over the mountainside, and it would soon be dark. Layla and Zika assembled the children and taught them how to pitch their tents, while Harlan gathered firewood and Vincent unpacked their food for dinner. Vincent was a chef, so he had been assigned the important task of cooking up something delicious on their camping stove. It would be hard to produce something great from the limited ingredients and appliances he had with him, but he was still up to the task. The women and the children laughed as they scrambled to put up the tents together while the two husbands stoked up the fire and prepared the food. It would appear that Vincent's skills from the Boy Scouts hadn't left him and he could still expertly start up a fire in no time. Once the tents were ready, the sleeping bags rolled out and Vincent had finished making a hearty vegetarian chili, the two families gathered around the campfire to enjoy their meal together. The sky was black as midnight and the stars were beginning to appear overhead. From out here, in the middle of nowhere, the sky was intensely illuminated by the stars. The only light from the earth below came from the family's roaring campfire and the small electric lanterns that they had dotted around their campsite. These didn't make much of a difference in the midst of the wilderness. The families ate and chatted underneath the starlit sky, wrapped up warm, feeling the cool night air flowing over them. The campfire flames danced in the middle of them all, casting an orange glow across their faces and warming their skin. Layla finished her chili took a deep breath and sighed audibly. The air feels so much clearer out here, she gushed appreciatively. Vincent chuckled and replied, one day we'll live out here in the middle of nowhere and then you can breathe in the clear country air every day. Sonny instantly added, And we can eat s'mores every day too? Vincent 
And Layla looked at their son's hopeful little face and laughed in agreement. Yes, they could eat s'mores every day when they lived out in the wilderness. Right on cue, Harlan and Zika rustled around in their bag and pulled out a big bag of marshmallows, a bar of chocolate and several packets of graham crackers. Everyone helped themselves to the marshmallows and slid them onto wooden sticks. Then they all leant forward, held their sticks over the campfire and allowed the marshmallows to melt. Just enough to become gooey, but not enough to burn. Once they were just right, they squished the gloopy marshmallows and chocolate between the crackers and the gooey sweets oozed out on every side. They all dug into their delicious s'mores in silence. With their bellies full and the campfire still burning brightly, Zika returned to her tent and came back out holding her ukulele. Her husband joked that she couldn't go anywhere without her ukulele. The children started to suggest songs they had learnt at school for them all to sing. Zika sat down by the fire, placed the ukulele to her chest and began to strum. The familiar chords of the song Country Roads jangled around the campsite and they all began to sing along. Their cheerful voices echoed out into the dense wilderness and bounced off the sides of the mountain. Their only audience were the stars in the sky and the moon, which was finally emerging from behind a smattering of misty clouds. When the song came to an end, there wasn't a face without a grin. Everyone's spirits had lifted and they were all truly relaxed. With nobody else around, no distractions, and only each other and the ukulele for entertainment, they were at one with the world around them. It was refreshing. Zika continued to take requests and played songs on her ukulele for them all to sing along to. After eating and singing together, the adults started to discuss their experiences of camping as children with their own parents and old friends. Harlan admitted that he and his friends would tell stories around the campfire whenever they went camping. They made a fun game out of it too. The rules of their game were that each person had to tell a story that was totally believable. Then everyone else had to guess whether they thought it was a true story or a fake story. If they managed to fool everyone, then they got the final graham cracker sandwich. Libby's eyes lit up with intrigue and she asked, Can we play that game? 
parents weren't so sure that the children would have much of a chance of fooling the adults, but they were happy to let them play. Harlan put together a graham cracker sandwich and then placed it on a plate in the middle of their circle, right by the fire. Whoever manages to fool everyone gets the last s'more, he announced coyly. Young Bonnie went first and told a story all about a time she was playing at a friend's house when they saw a fairy at the bottom of the garden. It was such a ludicrous story that everyone instantly pointed out that it was false. It perhaps wasn't fair to play a game like this with children, but their stories were amusing at least even if they were so obviously false that they kept losing the game. Zika told a story about meeting the president at the theatre, but they all knew that was true since she talked about it so often. Vincent told a story about a man he knew who had been to the moon, which they all called out as being false. Layla told a story about a time when she had witnessed a swarm of ants carrying a giant banana down the street. The children giggled and declared she was telling a fake story. However, her husband Vincent could remember a time when she had mentioned this same story to him before. He claimed she was telling the truth and called her out. She had, indeed seen a swarm of ants carrying a large banana down the street before in their mighty numbers. So she didn't win the prize. Once everyone else had had a go at telling a ludicrous story, it was Harlan's turn. Nobody had managed to win the last graham cracker sandwich yet, so it all rested on his shoulders. He paused to think and then began to tell his tale. Once, when I was young, I came camping on this very mountain with my family and friends. I was 16 years old and I was bored of our camping trips. I was in that teenage stage where spending time with my parents wasn't cool anymore and all I wanted to be doing was hanging out with my friends and flirting with girls. So, as you can imagine, I wasn't in the best of spirits. We set up camp for the night in a clearing not too dissimilar from the one we are in now. Everyone else was getting stuck in with the group tasks, but I was in a mood and wanted to sulk. I wandered off into the forest, claiming to be getting firewood. But instead, I just wandered aimlessly for a good half hour, in and out of the trees, and as far away from camp as I could get. Eventually, I realized that the sun was setting and I should probably turn back for camp before it became dark. But as I wandered through the trees, trying to find my way back, I realized I had gotten lost. 
I stopped to see if there was anything I recognized from my walk, but all the trees looked exactly the same and the florist floor gave no hints as to which direction I'd come from. I called out into the forest for my mom and dad but got no reply. Then suddenly I saw movement in the distance. I cautiously approached the area where I had seen movement. However, when I looked around, I couldn't see anything. Then I heard a rustling sound behind me and I span to look. But again, I could see nothing. Just as I was beginning to think it was all a figment of my imagination, I saw blurry movement again and I followed it until my eyes fell upon a boulder. On the boulder perched a pure white eagle. I had never seen one like it. The eagle was covered in white feathers from its head to its toes and it had a curved yellow beak and piercing yellow eyes tilted its head and gazed at me calmly. The creature was unusual looking, but strangely, I felt safe and reassured seeing it there. It might sound odd, but I gently called out to the eagle, asking if it had seen my family's camp. The white eagle ruffled its wings and jerked its head as if beckoning me to follow. I followed the white eagle through the trees, careful not to let it out of my sight. Every now and then the large bird would look over its shoulder at me as if it was checking that I was still following. After about 15 minutes of following the white eagle, it suddenly stopped in its tracks. The bird looked at me one last time, spread its wings and lifted up into the air, flying through the trees ahead and out of sight. I never saw the white eagle again after that. Through the trees ahead of me, I could see my family's camp ahead. I returned to camp just before sunset and apologized to my parents for wandering off. I told them about the strange eagle that had led me back to them when I got lost, and nobody believed me, except for my mom's friend, Denise. Denise believed that the mountains possessed ancient magic. She claimed that over the years, she had heard many stories similar to mine from hikers in the area. There were also many folklore legends about the mountains and the unusual animals here that provide aid to those who are lost and far from home, helping them return safely. After Denise told me this, I knew that the white eagle I had seen was a magical spirit that had guided me back to my family safely. Harlan finished his story and everyone stared at him with intrigue. 
They were all silent for a few moments, contemplating his tale. And finally, young Libby broke the silence. There is no way that is true. His daughter laughed humorously. I agree, his wife Zika said, folding her arms. I think it's a fake story. All of the Lindford family followed suit and agreed that they believed Harlan's story was false. He waited for all of their guesses, remained silent for a few moments, and smiled knowingly. Slowly, he reached forward for the final graham cracker sandwich and picked it up with satisfaction. It is true. It really did happen, he announced smugly. Everyone burst into cries of protest, claiming that the story couldn't possibly be true and he had imagined it all. But Harlan stood firm. He was certain it had happened and took a smug bite out of the last s'more. The night was growing late and the moon was shimmering boldly in the pitch black sky. As they all sat admiring the twinkling stars above them, Layla had an idea. She suggested that they all bring their sleeping bags outside and stargaze together before bed. Everyone agreed that it would be a lovely thing to do together before they retreated to bed. They all pulled their thermal sleeping bags out from inside the tents and lined them up on the ground. As they all lay down and made themselves comfortable, the only sounds that could be heard were the rustling of their sleeping bags, the wind shushing in their ears, and the faint sound of an owl cooing in the distance. They all laid their heads back and relaxed into their cozy sleeping bags. Their bodies were toasty, while their faces enjoyed the fresh night breeze against their skin. Layla described and pointed out the different star constellations in the sky as they all rested together and wound down for the evening. She drew their attention to Orion's belt with its three perfectly placed stars twinkling proudly and pointed out the planet Jupiter glistening from its location almost 630 million kilometers away from Earth. Everybody gushed over the beautiful streams of wispy light trickling through the deep blue sky. From their peaceful position on the mountain, space didn't seem so far away and the stars almost felt within reach. Everything was so beautifully clear up here, without the bright lights of the cities and towns polluting the night sky. 
Zika sighed as she gazed up at the stars. Space is absolutely fascinating, she said. It's astounding to think that we're floating around on just one tiny planet in the grand scheme of the universe. There is so much more out there that we still haven't discovered. Bonnie proudly proclaimed that she wanted to be an astronaut when she was older, or a scientist. Her brother, Sonny, quickly retorted, Say hi to the aliens for me. And they all chuckled from their sleeping bags. They all fell quiet as they observed the shimmering night sky and listened to the soothing sounds of the mountain. Everything was still and peaceful, save for a few occasional coos from birds in the distance. As time went on, the rustling from all their sleeping bags became less frequent, and their breathing became heavier as some of them fell into a sleep rhythm, drifting off beneath the stars. Vincent felt a tiny hand touch his, and he turned to look at his son, all snuggled up in his sleeping bag. Look! It's an owl, Sonny whispered, pointing up at the sky. Vincent glanced up and spotted the widespread wings of a soaring owl overhead. Vincent smiled and praised his son for his observation. He informed Sonny that it was a long-eared owl, just like he had told him to look out for earlier. Sonny's eyes followed the swooping owl through the air and out of sight, and he smiled contentedly. Sonny whispered to his father, Now I can check that one off in our book. Vincent turned his head back to face the starlit sky and closed his weary eyes. There was nothing quite like being at one with nature to bring you back to who you really are. It wasn't long before the two families were all fast asleep in their cozy sleeping bags, lying side by side beneath the open night sky.